This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. The coolest Pope with the coolest sign. Lemonade stand meanies. You think you really hate a team? Not as much as this guy. A poem about the Cubs. And Rick's brush with Bush Patrick. All that in unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. <laughs> that is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia, Minutia Man, Man with Rick and Dave. Welcome to another episode of Minutia Man with Rick Kemper and Dave Stern. And Dave, do you know what a purple nurple is? A purple nurple? Yeah, I think I think that's what uh, it's called. I, my sons are not awake to ask. Uh, it sounds like something that the name of a pill that I used to take in mornings in high school. <laughs> I don't think we want to explore that, do we? Uh, no. What is a, what is a, I think, purple? well, what do you call it when someone just twists your nipple, you know, goes and just grabs it and twists it? Well, I called that high school, but, uh, like a titty twister, a titty twister, right? Yeah. I one? think that's what we called it when I was a kid. Yeah. Did you, if, did you watch the, uh, the soccer game last night. I know you're a huge soccer fan. <laughs> uh, I don't, don't even know who's playing. Who, uh, the who, U.S. men's national team played against El Salvador last night in the Gold Cup. And uh, one of the El Salvador players gave our striker, Josie Altador, a, a purple nurple during the game. <laughs> Like like during, like on a on a corner kick, he he came up behind him and twisted him and, and he went Ow. down. <laughs> he went Ow. down. I have never seen that before. And then later on, that same guy bit him in the back. Does does he not know that there's a hundred and six thousand people watching this game and it's televised? You know, I, I think he just didn't care. Well, you know, that's committing to the shtick. So you got to kind of, uh, you, you got to give them props for going to oh, screw it. I'm going to be a jag and I'm going to do it in front of everybody. I don't care. Well, I think, uh, I think he knew that the team was going to lose. Um, and it didn't matter if he got suspended or whatever, if, you know, for the next game. Yeah. But the ref didn't see either of them. So he got, he didn't even get a foul called. The, uh, you know, soccer and you, of course, you're Mr. Soccer. I, uh, I love soccer. It's it's dirty. I mean, it's it, I mean, it, it you know, for all the refs and the red cards and the only those people just really mix it up. When they, I when I played, there was a guy on one of the other teams that he was a, I was always a, on offense. He was a defender. And he would grab my shorts and yank if I was about to go past him. <laughs> <laughs> Which, because there's nobody in the world who keeps running when their pants go down. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And he figured, uh, oh, well, okay, well, that'll be a that'll be a foul. What's the big deal? Yeah, it's like a. Yeah. Do you get well? You you get red card. You get like a yellow card, which is like the first technical, right? And yeah. then the second time, you get whacked out of the game. Right. Is that basically what happened? Exactly. Did, did you ever get a red card on anything? I did get a red card once. For probably for sarcasm. Though, right? well, it was it was uh, I was talking back to a ref. I, I will say this. I did not deserve that red card. <laughs> and if there was some sort of court of law that I could go argue this to right now, I would do it because I didn't even get a yellow. He went straight to red. What'd which, you say to him? Do you remember? I might have used a bad word. 
Well, that happens all the time, right? Exactly. Exactly. I I never even got a yellow card. I only got a red. I have a feeling that, and knowing you, and I mean this in the nicest way, um, you were probably, maybe you used a bad word, but you probably knew something about the ref that really was bothering him. <laughs> like, and, and you pushed that button about like a high, like a girlfriend that left him in high school or something. You know, that I, knowing you, that is the, you, that wasn't just a bad word. You know? uh, Your mother doesn't love you. That's why she left when you were in eighth grade. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know that kind of research on referees could really go a long way. Well, that could be our next business. It's op- opposition research for referees, right? Our first client is that El Salvador guy. He'll do absolutely anything. Right. right. The purple thermal guy is going to be writing us checks left and right. Yeah, I could not believe it when I saw it last night. I just, I, I was hoping you had seen it too, but I should have known. No, well, no, I, no. What time was it? Was it after like nine? Ah, uh, yes, it was. Yeah, I'm, yeah. All right. I was doing. I was doing show prep. <laughs> sure, you were. Okay. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's uh, give them some minutia. Uh, let's All right. See, I've got some audio here. You're listening to Minutia Men, featuring the wacky exploits of your good pals Rick and Dave. Give them 22 minutes, and they'll give you absolutely nothing of value. All right. What do you got, son? Uh, um. This pope is my favorite pope, and I'm not of the faith, but I am of the faith, and he is my favorite too. I mean, he's he, he looks great. I mean, he's a great guy. He seems like he's got a good sense of humor. He's kind of you know you know he he has he, a sense of humor. He's the first right. one that has yeah. a sense of humor. Well, wasn't there a pope back in like the 300s? His name was Pope Hilarious. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And he and he wasn't funny. And he wasn't. No. <laughs> well, this pope. Got some game. So headline out of Vatican City, Pope tax sign on his apartment door. No whining. <laughs> OK, <laughs> uh, if, if anyone had any doubts that Pope Francis, how he feels about people who always complained, the answer is now tacked on the door of his apartment. <laughs> he, he he tacked a sign and I don't this do is a, inside Vatican City, right? I mean, his apartment is like a palace, isn't it? <laughs> I call it like I an apartment. I don't like you, like he walks up three flights of stairs. And <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's probably not a condo. Like, a, yeah. like you know, I, I really don't know. I, but yeah, I think he, you're right. I think it's on the grounds there somewhere. Um, so he posted a sign that said, and I can't do an Italian accent, but Vietato Lamentarzi. Okay, I kind of did a little Italian. Yeah, not bad. Um, did you use your hand that, when you? When I, you I did. I just, I just did the little finger thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's all. That's, uh, that's all that's required to make you sound Italian. Um, and he, so the sign is loosely translated. Actually, it's not even loosely translated. It's basically no whining, stop bitching. <laughs> is basically what this says. Um, and he, and it, the sign has the little red, you know, the international red circle with a line through it. Right. I love it. Uh, so evidently, he is getting pissed. That he's constantly, you know, he's the Pope and people are constantly complaining to him about stuff, you know. And what I want to know is, oh, well, let me tell you, the sign doesn't just say that. There's like a little warning underneath it. And it says, um, uh, violators are subject to a syndrome of always feeling like a victim and the consequent reduction of your sense of humor and capacity to solve problems. Whoa, Mr. Pope. (laughs) See what I mean? He has a sense of humor. 
Uh, and here, and and the little caveat on the bottom: the penalty is doubled if the violation takes place in the presence of children. To get the best out of yourself, concentrate on your potential and not on your limitations, and stop complaining. Okay. Wow. Um, you know what? So, you know what sent him over the edge? I well, I don't know. That's what I'm. I, that's what I was going to ask you. What do you think? Was the thing that just as he's like, all right, screw it. I'm writing a, uh, a note. What, I what do you think, think it was? I think it was the sign in the Vatican kitchen that said, the virgin mother doesn't live here. Clean up after yourself. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Monsignor McGillicuddy uh, yeah, he did, he put a pizza puff in there and he didn't freaking clean it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, or do you think someone like, uh, hey, uh, Pope, uh, well, they, they, they don't just call him Pope, right? They call him Your, your Holiness. Ex- yeah, Your Holiness. Yeah. These, this batch of wafers, yeah, they're stale. <laughs> you always go back to the wafers. <laughs> right. Or uh, <laughs> or do you think like a, like a little snotty cardinal was complaining that, that the guys in accounting were doing a FIFA World Cup square pool and yeah. he wasn't invited to do it or something like that? Yeah, exactly. He got first pick and he took Italy. Right. I right. always right. get Italy. Um, or you know you do a square pool in soccer if you don't get like one or two let's say you get a nine and a seven in a square pool you're screwed in a soccer square pool you know what i mean oh yeah exactly you get either a one or a zero that's all you right. get right <laughs> so our pope and i'm gonna say he's my pope even though he's really not my pope i love the guy he's the world's pope yeah i, I love that one too all right so, well thank you very much i have some minutiae for you too sure. uh this is uh just uh I'm going to call this uh, Donald Trump's America. Okay. <laughs> okay. We don't ready? get political, so be careful with this. <laughs> no. It's just a joke. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sense of humor, remember? Yeah. Uh, this The headline is, Man Calls Police on Girls' Lemonade Stand. <laughs> Parents have written an open letter. This, is ha- this happened in, actually, it happened in San Francisco, which is, you know, very liberal town. So yeah, I should sure. take back my comment. But anyway. Yeah. Parents have written an open letter to the person who threatened to call police about their daughter's unlicensed lemonade stand. Oh, my God. Whoever the man is who threatened to call the police on my daughter for her lemonade stand, you are seriously pathetic. There is a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things, said the girl's father. I understand that you are upholding the law, but really, dude? This is the story of a little girl... Who set up a lemonade stand on public property, and she just wanted to sell some lemonade and cookies, and her parents told her she could do it for one hour. Um, But as she was setting up, she was approached by a man who was all bent out of shape. And uh, the father of the girl said, the man just pulled up next to her and asked her for her business license and then told her, I'm calling the police, and then got on the phone and began speaking as if he was talking to the police. Oh my God! She was so scared. She came in. She came home crying and sobbing and said she didn't want to go to jail. <laughs> oh my God! Those fucking liberals. I mean, that is Come a on. bad person. Right. Right. Am I right? Although, yeah. Yeah. Although, didn't you take your son to jail? <laughs> you you keep bringing that up. Uh, oh, that is yeah. That is just ridiculous. Uh, and you know this this actually reminds me. I read an article. I don't know, a week or so ago about ridiculous business regulations in America. Yeah. And I think it was, I can't remember if it was in, it was out east or it was like Philadelphia or Pittsburgh or something that 
if you're a blogger, you have to purchase a three, like a $300 business privilege license to blog. Oh my in, God. And, and they also had a thing like in Milwaukee, I think it was, yeah, this I'm pretty sure in Milwaukee, you have to purchase a license to go out of business. <laughs> get you coming and they get you going. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, well, this, yeah. you know, this is a lemonade stand thing, though. I, I was just talking to Bobby Scafish last weekend. He, we, we did a book signing together out in uh, Hillside, Hillside, and he was telling me that his daughter has a license to sell lemonade. She he lives over in the Wrigley area, and they, and she has one. So apparently they do they do have licenses for this sort of thing. But, I mean, come on. Yeah, well, Rahm Emanuel, if he could get an extra 50 bucks for somebody. Uh, I remember when my kids were little, when Tommy, who was my oldest, is he's now 21, but when he was like five, he, he saw some kids selling lemonade at a lemonade stand, and he got this, you know, and realized that they were getting money for this. Sure. And he came home, he goes, I'm going to open a stand too. And they go, oh, great, uh, let's go make some lemonade. He goes, no, no, not lemonade, that's too much work. <laughs> I'm going to sell little pieces of paper. <laughs> what do you mean little pieces of paper? I'm just going to tear up little pieces of paper. I'm going to sell them for $5. <laughs> you know, okay, if I was on Shark Tank right now, there are some holes in this business model. I'm out. You know? <laughs> so I said to him, why would anybody buy that? Well, why wouldn't they? They're buying lemonade. I said, but lemonade gives you, it's like quenching. It quenches your thirst. A little piece of paper is worth nothing. Yeah. Uh, Well, did he do it? Uh, He did not do it. I would not allow him to do it. Uh, Well, you know, in this day and age, well, that was 16 years ago, so it wasn't the virility of social media. But I wouldn't be surprised if someone does open up a stand and sells like, pieces of paper someone snaps it on social media it goes huge you know the gumption of this kid and he makes a million bucks hey pet rock yeah right exactly the bottle store you know the you know just just complete bullshit that people will uh will pay for well that's all right so uh yeah there you go do you have a jingle or something aren't we supposed to do something in the middle here huh subliminal well, no, something in, the, something in the middle. So, oh, I have to say how we, uh, how you can subscribe. Correct. Why? That would be wonderful if you could tell people that. You know, Rick, uh, you can subscribe to Minutia Men if you so are inclined by many different ways. You can go on the RadioMisfits.com website, and that's RadioMisfits.com. Mm-hmm. And not only can you subscribe to our show, you can subscribe to all the other great shows. But what happens are- when you subscribe? Does it just show up? Yeah, every like Thursday when we drop a new show, that's that's radio language. When we drop a new episode, yeah, I like uh, that. it it gets delivered to your mailbox like magic, like a wizard, it's like Harry Potter. We're Harry Potter here, Fantastic. and it'll come. And you could do it on iTunes, and you can do it on Google Play, and you could do it on Stitcher. So there are many, many ways that you could subscribe to this radio and program. And you can rate it. You can rate it. You we have like, like seventy. It. We have like seventy-five ratings or something on uh, on uh, iTunes. That'd be great if someone's listening to 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 
to rate our show would be fantastic. And in so exchange they, for that, we're going to give you more minutiae. Yeah, we'll give you, you 25 you, to 35 minutes of worthless information. I mean, right now, we'll give you more minutiae. Yeah, exactly. Um, you're a big college football fan, aren't you? Not really. Me neither. Uh, but I guess in Ohio State and Michigan, they got a thing going. They don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Right? I used to work with uh, John Landecker, who right. grew up in Ann Arbor, and he despises Ohio State. Despises uh, them. Well, evidently, the feeling is mutual from Ohio State to Michigan. Here's the headline, Ricky. Out yeah. of Columbus, Ohio, Ohio State fan in coma asked if he likes Michigan, and he responds, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, an Ohio man who returned to the United States. It's kind of a tragic. This is a tragic, happy story, then again tragic at the end. Oh, but let me, no. Uh, but that's, I mean, that. Can't you change yeah, the well, ending? Okay, you know what, I'll, no, I won't. Okay. Um, an Ohio man who returned to the United States in a coma after suffering a traumatic brain injury in Russia uh, made clear his dislike for the Michigan Wolverines. Zach Lawrence, um, 38, suffered the injury in an accident. He returned to Columbus in April, and the doctors were had very, very little hope that he was going to ever wake up and have any coherence whatsoever. Um, in fact, the family was told that they could expect to turn off his feeding tube within 6 to 12 months. That's the bad part. Okay. Four months later, though, Lawrence was asked to press a yes or no button in answer to the question of whether or not he liked Michigan. To the delight of his family and evidently the entire state of Ohio, the lifelong Ohio State fan hit no twice. After that, Lawrence has begun making sounds, possibly even the Ohio State fight song, I don't know, keeping his eyes open and smiling at his children. Lawrence is also able to give a thumbs up um, and maybe even a middle finger to a Michigan alum. Uh, he can stand on a treadmill and he can hold a crayon and he can color with his six-year-old daughter. So this is all wonderful, right? I yeah, mean, he is uh, making progress. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's at the Ohio State's uh, Dodd Hall Rehabilitation Hospital, um, which is kind of ironic that he is um, that he is um, uh, recuperating there. He always makes a face when we mention Michigan. She said. <laughs> We're pretty sure he's in there. Well, that uh, sounds that sounds like a happy ending. Well, it's a happy ending until and now we're going to get a little political here. Oh. Evidently, and this is not Republican. This is I think we could all agree that our healthcare system needs to be fixed. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. Uh, well, it appears. Let me read you this last um, um, paragraph. The dispatch reported that Lawrence's treatment is being paid for by health insurance. That's good. However, it demands a week-by-week week improvement in his condition if he is to be continued to be treated oh, at Dodd. Can you imagine the stress oh that that must God. be family? That, okay, hey, he pressed no twice against you know Michigan. What happens next week? Does he have to do it four times? Yeah. So, I, mean, I mean, just that general level of... I mean, you really had me there. It was a heartwarming story of hate turning him into <laughs> happiness. Right. And then now back to, and now, well, hmm. he's progressing. He's progressing. And he's still at Dodd. And our thoughts and prayers and good vibes go out to Columbus. To I still this. think that if you were in a coma, 
and someone said said the same thing about the Cubs that you would respond similarly. Oh, absolutely. Um, And I think, uh, but again, well wishes, and uh, his name is Zach Lawrence. Send him a card. If you're a Michigan hater like him, send him a card. Okay. To Dodd Hall Rehabilitation Hospital. All right, it's time for our uh, Cubs feature. Time now for a collection of Cub geekness. This is Just One Bad Century with Rick and Dave. Okay, Dave, this is, uh, if we're going to go back in history like I like to do, we're going to go back to July 18th, 1910. Um, And that was when the poem Baseball's Sad Lexicon was written by Franklin Adams. Do you know what that is? No, it's well. It's the only baseball I know. Casey at the bat and Tinkers to Evers to Chance. Okay, I think are pretty much the only. That's baseball sad lexicon. Most okay. famous poem ever written about the Cubs. So memorable, it probably got Tinker, Evers, and Chance elected into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. The poem okay. goes as such: These are the saddest of possible words. Tinker to Evers to Chance, or Evers to Chance. Trio of bear cubs and fleeter than birds. Tinker and Evers and Chance, ruthlessly pricking our gonfalon bubble, making a giant into a double. Words are weighty with nothing but trouble. Tinker to Evers to Chance. Um, was it? I think you told. Maybe you even told the story in one of these episodes that there was that the best player in that infield was a guy named Steinfeld. Yeah, Harry right? Steinfeld. He was the third right. third baseman. But Adams. And he was better- Adams was a Giants fan, the guy who wrote that. Okay, all right. So the guy who wrote the most famous Cubs poem ever was actually not a Cubs fan. Uh, He was lamenting how good they were. And at that time, they were pretty darn good. They had won four of the previous five pennants, and each time the Giants were their rival and they beat the Giants. But, uh, of course, uh, Adams got the last laugh. Uh, The next... 14 years the giants were in the world series seven times so oh did they really um what, what was that line in field of dreams when they talked about moonlight gray or where or no shoeless joe jackson where triples went to die his glove was where triples went to die or yeah. something like that yeah uh god i um, love that movie no oh, i know i know it's just a perfect movie if you can if you find somebody and you talk about movies and they say, ah, I feel the dreams. Yeah. I didn't really like it. They, you just don't like that person. Right? Exactly. It's, it's right. hard, it's it's like, hard okay. to get past that. It really is. Uh, just like the producers. Ah, the producers. Yeah. I really didn't like it. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I have, uh, you know, a, a couple of sister-in-laws who I, I like very much. They're, they're wonderful people, but they, one of them said to me that she thought the producers was really stupid. Yeah, yeah. And, and okay. I looked at her like, you're really stupid. Wow, that's just the dumbest thing anyone has ever said. Mm-hmm. I know, it's a perfect, perfect movie. Okay. okay, all right, here we go, our final segment. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. Okay, this is the part of the show where Dave uh, reaches his hand into the Costco jar. And in that Costco jar, there are a bunch of celebrity names. And I think we put about 300 of 300 names in there. But I was thinking about something the other day, Dave, about this feature. 
and we should probably discuss this off the air <laughs> instead of on the air, but <laughs> I just, I'll throw it out there anyway. Mm-hmm. What do you think about if uh, if we start running out of names or you, you start getting bored with my stories? Um, we put uh, some stories in there from some of the books that we've published because we have a lot of great celebrity stories in some of the books we publish too. That would be fine to me. You have to go through all the effort to do that, but sure. If you give me little pieces of paper, I'll be happy to put them in the Costco jar, sure. Okay. Well, what do you got today? Well, at first I didn't remember who he was, but now I do. it's Eddie Munster, Butch Patrick, right? He's Eddie Munster. Yeah, of course. That, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. I didn't. I get him and the courtship of Eddie's father's kid mixed up. They do look very similar. Yeah. I, I think and, they could have played each other in a movie. Uh, and didn't one of them die, or is that an urban legend? Or I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to look that up. But Butch Patrick uh, is still alive and well. And he is about, I'd say, five or six years older than than you and I. Mm-hmm. So he's sixty, probably. Yeah, so or he's 40, probably about. He's thirty-seven. <laughs> right, something like that. Yeah. Um, I have only uh, met him through the telephone, and it was only one time, and I will never ever forget it. It was one of the most memorable days of my life. <laughs> I'm serious. So where does this go? compared to let's say your wedding is it above the wedding or memorable day for memorable days in your life okay you're gonna feel bad in a moment you're gonna feel bad in a moment <laughs> okay you want to okay. know what day i spoke to butch patrick Ooh. oh you know what are you gonna bring down the house is it the day i'm bringing bring down the house <laughs> <laughs> okay all right i'm sorry all right let's go um, i'm the bad guy all right let's go What's it your- was september 11th 2001 oh. That was the day. That that is the day, right? Two thousand and one was it? Two thousand and one? Now, yeah, okay. yeah, nine eleven. Yeah, two thousand and one. Okay. <clears throat> anyway, um, I was talking to Butch Patrick. He was scheduled as a mystery guest on John Landecker's show, and he was in a hotel in Vegas. And we were just, you know, shooting the shit, you know, as we were mm-hmm. getting ready to go on the air. And and Butch Patrick says to me, "Are you? Do you have the TV on?" I said, yeah, uh, yes, and I looked up, and I saw that there uh, was a story about... A plane a, crash, like a little, who knows yet, right? It was uh, yeah, the first was, plane that no one really knew what was going on yet. Right, exactly. So, you know, uh, so we're doing a radio show. I immediately start thinking like a producer. We've got to cover this, you know. There's some something big happening. And while Butch Patrick and I are talking, the second... Oh, my God. ...plane crashes into the world trade center so if you ever meet butch patrick and you ever uh talk to him ask him about where he was on september 11th when that happened because he will tell the same story that i'm telling right now and and we both immediately said you know what this interview is not happening <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean right. wacky mystery guest <laughs> yeah right right uh well you're and in, in this a lot of this is in john's book records truly is my middle name and of course we're putting out the radio hall of fame edition coming out in a few months um yeah actually story that is story there. is in there you're right right um and i've talked to quite a few people that were listening to you guys during that and said how much you helped them through a pretty crappy morning you know yeah that was uh that was a very memorable morning <clears throat> i will say that we we uh we just stopped doing everything you know we we uh 
we just started covering it. We had Brant Miller on, who was uh, from the his plane home. guy, right? Yeah, no, yeah. Well, Brant was a uh, he was a weatherman, mm-hmm. and he had access to all of NBC's stuff. Uh, Richard Cantu was our news guy. And he had access to all the CBS radio stuff. We also <clears throat> were allowed to air CNN audio at that time. So we were, <clears throat> excuse me, um, so we were covering it live, you know, and we, and we had never done that before on anything ever because we yeah. were a wacky morning show. Right, right, right. And we right. played oldies. That was not our, no, right. you know, but right. it my felt, suddenly it felt back. crazy. Exactly. Going to build me a buttercup or my boyfriend's <laughs> back when we're talking about the worst right. day in American history. Right. Yeah. That's, um, well, I, uh, hats off to you. I never say anything positive, you know, in this day and age, we should start complimenting you. Every, every <laughs> podcast, we should start complimenting one of our, I think you did a great job at nine 11. I appreciate, I appreciate how hard that was for you and good job. And and I think that you have managed to knock out the bald look like nobody else. <laughs> wow. Thank you. That was really I mean, nice of you. Thank you. I really mean it. You're a good-looking bald man. Really? I do have kind of, well. You've got uh, the you know, right-shaped head for it. I, um, you know, I teach this, I teach uh marketing class at a um, business school a couple days a week and we have one of those projectors right where you project stuff on the screen it's a projector and it comes from the ceiling and whenever i step in front of the projector i see the outline of my head the silhouette of my head <laughs> so what i've been doing so what i've been doing with my students is every time i kind of, i mean i don't do it on purpose because I, you know, every once, sometimes there's something on the screen, but if it's just a blank white screen, I will take one of the dry erasers and I will make an outline out of my head and I will, I will make a little ski guy, like a, you know, a little skier going off to my head and the kids love it. No just extra that. charge for that. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, the, 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 the students love the shtick, the bald shtick. You're so. like the Pope Francis of, yeah. of, uh, marketing class teachers. Well, and I should wear because I'm bald. And if I was going through one of the stages like denial, I'd wear one of those hats, the Pope hat. Wouldn't Very, you think? Absolutely. Is he uh, bald? Yeah, pretty much. So that's why he became a Pope is so yeah. he could wear the hat. And just the nicest array of hats you can find anywhere. Um, does he? He must get them specially made, right? You don't go to like Pope hat king to get pope hats right well he also gets to wear the beanie whenever he wants yeah when when do you wear the big pope hat versus the yamaka-esque hat yeah skull cap i think is there i think i think there are some rules for it and you know what that sounds like something i should look up and maybe that's minutia I will bring that back to you next week. To find out more about Rick and Dave, you can check out EckhartsPress.com and ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com. I'm also going to look up Purple Nurple because I think that's a real thing. (laughs) If you'd like to reach us, you can drop us a line at MinutiaMenPodcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with Opie Productions. And we are distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of... Yeah, uh, well, it's a minutia band, but you know, whenever you, when always, when you say 
Ed Silla distributes it. Yeah. I have I have a vision of him actually going to everybody's house that <laughs> subscribes to the podcast, rings the doorbell and go, here you go. Here's the podcast. He would he's do like that the, for us. He's the, like the Johnny Appleseed of uh, podcast distribution. Uh, that's very true. And, yeah. and he'll be doing it again next week for An- another episode of Minutia Men. The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? 